0: Welcome to another episode of Ghosts of Northern Missions Past. I'm your host, Christopher Struwell, and with me again to talk more about Bayview, Michigan and its resident ghost is, uh, is John Cassidy. Um, John is founder and investigator from Bumps in the Night, a paranormal research group here in Petoskey, and uh, John, again, as I mentioned last uh, episode, has a gift some of us may not welcome. Uh, John is a, a medium, and he sometimes sees and understands things that the rest of us may be glad we, we, we don't experience in our daily lives. John and, uh, and I have spent quite a bit of time over in Bayview. He hosts uh, a paranormal conference there every year, and we host our Hemingway conference there uh, the last, well, three or four years now. And uh, it's just a, a fun place to go and step back in time. Um, Bayview is a very special historical uh, Methodist summer retreat. Uh, it's a, it's a, also a Chautauqua encampment based off of the one in, uh, in upstate New York. Uh, it was founded in 1874, and over the years, um, 147, 148 summers now. Bayview has hosted some of the greatest creative and scientific minds, uh, including Helen Keller, Hugo Gottsman, who was exiled from Vienna by Adolf Hitler uh, during World War II, um, and they're also a very, very progressive community going back uh, to civil rights. Uh, Booker T. Washington, um, Grace Hall Hemingway also spoke there, um, and all of that creative energy I, I feel has, has left a little bit of a residual uh, residue there also. That people experience off and on when they're when they're visiting uh, Bayview Uh, John and you and I last time we we left off talking about the Terrace Inn uh, which was one of the five original hotels there in Bayview and uh, I had a a couple more stories that kind of came to mind uh, over the last week since we last spoke and and one of my favorite ones is a a friend of ours was married there um, I'm gonna say eight nine years ago uh, wedding went off without, without a hitch, great, great experience. And then their first anniversary, they wanted to go back to, to Bayview and the Terrace Inn, which is where I just spent my honeymoon and also my first anniversary at the Terrace Inn um, with, with no accounts of the paranormal, just uh, just, just normal oddities. <laughs> but they're spending the evening there. The second night, this is their, this is their honeymoon, and uh, she wakes up in the middle of the night and she clearly remembers a, a man walking around the bed. And it was enough that it woke her up, and she couldn't necessarily see him. The lights are off; it's not a real dark room, but she could absolutely just feel his presence, and she knew it was a, it was a masculine presence. She's a little bit hysterical, and she wakes up her husband. This guy's like six foot three; he's a construction worker here in the area, and he says, uh, "We're gonna pack our bags; we're 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 out of here." And she's, "I woke you up to protect me, not the not to leave the you know, leave the leave the room." Um, and we hear those scenarios at, at different hotels around town here also. The, the Perry Hotel off and on have had guests in the, in the front lobby at 4 o'clock waiting to leave. Um, but, John, would you mind uh, maybe sharing uh, um, a couple more experiences that you have, you have had in the Terrace Inn during the conferences or otherwise, or maybe even just uh, things that have been uh, told to you after the conferences by the 40 or 50 so attendees you usually have? Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, again, I could write a, a book on on some of the experiences there um that I've heard of or, or that I've experienced. But there's a few, you know, that that come to mind. Um the little boy that we we talked about on the last episode, often seen in, in the lobby. Um during one of the events that we were having, um we host little Travers Bay Parafest there and this this upcoming year will be number eight. And I'm watching the conference the lecture through the window that goes into the dining room. And the one door's open, the one door's closed. And I glance and I could see in the reflection, we could see the railing to the stairway that goes up. And there's this little boy with his hands on the rail, just watching everybody. And um, my cousin Skylar was there, and also um, another. Medium who was like a mentor to me, uh cassidy Ray, and i had I had mentioned it to them i said what do you what do you see there? And um they had both seen it, so that kind of helped me feel a little bit better that I wasn't going crazy. But the little boys there a lot. Um, I remember one experience there that didn't involve our our group, but it's in the book that the Terrace Inn holds. And they're really good about, you know, if you want to read the book, you can read the book. All the experience that have happened there. And a couple woke up in the middle of the night. And there's this little boy at the end of the bed. And they flip on the light. Of course, the little boy's gone. And I believe this happened a second time. Second time was 3 or 4 in the morning. And needless to say, they were at the lobby, checking out, <laughs> ready to depart. I guess that doesn't happen often, but occasionally it does. But there's a lot of accounts of, of people waking up in the middle of the night and someone in their room, and they'll hear people in the bathroom. They'll hear people in the room next to them, knowing that it's um, not occupied. Occupied. <laughs> but, yeah, over the years, we've had we've had some great opportunities to actually – um, be able to investigate there, you know, mm-hmm. over the weekend when it wasn't being used in the spring.
0: So you had the whole the whole building to yourself? Yeah, nobody's making these noises.
1: During shutdown, we're the only ones there. Yeah, so we know if there's something going on, we know. Um, and we've captured some some images there, you know, that we have um, evidence of. We we've, we've captured some video.
0: And you set up all the the modern electronic. Um, surveillance equipment that you see on all the television shows. You guys stay right, right on the top of the game with all the up and coming new technology. When you're, when you're doing these yeah, investigations, we
1: use multiple infrared cameras, um, uh, structured light sensor cameras, which you know people see on TV that that the uh, the screen will actually show a, a 3D image in a stick figure. Mm-hmm. Um, voice recorders stuff like that you know and and actually some of my favorite equipment is the, the most simple ones mm-hmm.
0: and just just that recorder i mean that's 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 one of the biggest phenomena, right capturing voices yeah. that we can't hear while we're recording and you go back and listen to this tape and it could just be a simple cassette recorder and yeah. that's evps right electronic voice phenomena electronic
1: voice phenomena yeah
0: still one of the best tools just it's at-
1: one of the best tools out there
0: and one of the hardest ones to kind of fool, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> you know. You know, you had uh, the first conference you had there, the paranormal conference. Um, you had forty some guests, and they came into Petoskey and they were doing a tour with me. And I took several groups of them aside, like in groups of five or six. I kept asking them, you know, you guys are in Petoskey uh, going on my ghost tour, but you know, Bayview has all this energy, and, and the Terrasen specifically can be a hub. I think it's a hub just because of the fact that there's so many people that are there through the season, even when Bayview's not open, uh, you can still stay at the Terrace Inn so they have more chances to have you know, these reoccurring uh, phenomena. But mm-hmm. I had everybody in different groups, and I said, you know, what, what, what have you felt there? Uh, and, and several of the people that come in your conferences, they, they have uh, a little bit of, a, of an ability that some of us may not have to. They may be a little bit more sensitive. Right. But it was funny because I, every single person that I asked, every single one of them said, the second floor landing between the second and third floor uh, to the right, going towards that, that wing of the hotel that we know has all this activity. And over the years, it's, it's funny, it seems that on that right side of the hotel, as you're looking back to Bayview proper, uh, as you en- enter the terrace and you come in, what was once the back door, but it seems that section on the right the third floor the second floor the first floor of the kitchen they get a lot mm-hmm. of acti- activity in the kitchen and then of course the dry storage room right underneath of that which used to be one of the, the sleeping rooms and the old ice cream parlor but it's like it's like this 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 line right through the middle of the that yeah. wing in that hotel gets all that activity um a friend of mine was recently staying in the downstairs suite and uh, as you know you and i don't have a whole lot of hair on our head uh <laughs> um Three in the morning, uh, he's woken up by his daughter Olivia, and she says, uh, "Dad, Chris is outside the window." And John is his name, John Cohassie, not too far from your name. Uh, he calls me about nine in the morning just to see what the heck I was doing there, and I, it, it wasn't me. Um, and Olivia had several experiences with that man peeking in the window that night. Um, we, we live in a very safe area, and there's, there's, I really believe it wasn't an an active uh, man walking around the building i think she was capturing as we know children can see these things sometimes and there's been all kinds of accounts down in that basement um uh, the rocking chair tends to rock back and forth on its own. Um, a guest that was with me last week, she uh, she heard the rocking chair going all night long uh, from her room on the first floor. She could hear the rocking chair downstairs going back and forth. She investigated and actually saw this chair rocking. And one of the owners that you and I both know, um, specifically Mo, he said he was downstairs one, one time in that room. And as he was leaving, the chair started rocking as he was leaving. Uh, he just kept looking back, and, and it, it, it didn't diminish in its in its momentum it, it increased mm-hmm. <laughs> that's when most of i think i'll go back upstairs now you know <laughs> and then there's a there's a woman and we, we did a ghost talk a couple a couple months ago it was a pretty big group uh we were all distanced thank god but um and, and she came up to me she said you're not gonna talk about the terror center are you in this this ghost presentation and i said well yeah she said well i've spent two or three winters there as the as the caretaker and i spend the nights there and i'm there when there's nobody else in the building and she said, I can tell you right now, there's, there's nothing that goes on in that building. By the end of the uh, the talk, she had given me three or four different scenarios of things that she had <laughs> encountered. And, and one was walking into the kitchen when she was the only person in the building and, and seeing this woman in the kitchen. Um, another time, she saw a man in the kitchen. Um, one of my favorite stories about the kitchen goes back to when a, a former owner had the hotel. They were doing renovations, and she was in the building alone with her son. Here's all. I think I can swear a little bit here. She hears all hell breaking loose in the kitchen upstairs. Well, she's terrified to begin with, and she's in this old hotel. And it's, this is just before Thanksgiving. She was making pies that night. And uh, so she was kind of a little reluctant to go upstairs, but she did. And she goes into the kitchen expecting to see pots and pans and stuff in all disarray. And it's, it's pristine, just like she had left it. Mm-hmm. And this happens three times that evening. And the final time she went upstairs, the wall behind the um, stove was just cherry red. Uh, she, the, old, o- the old oven had on and then... Uh, off. That was it. And on was full on. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, and when she left that night, she forgot to turn the ovens off. She was so frustrated with these pies that she was trying to get to to harden up that that evening. And she said, I'll, I'll just do it in the morning. How, the heck with this. And uh, when she turned the ovens off and went back to bed, not another sound. But just prior to that, I mean, she swears there was pots and pans flying through the through the kitchen. Just just all this chaos, all this ruckus. And it just seems that, and I've heard this several times, that the the one of the entities in the building tends to be sort of a caretaker that's kind of caught in time there, and, and feels a responsibility to the to the historical building that's uh, you know so relevant to to Bayview.
1: Yeah, one of the uh, entities that I see there often is the uh, the older male caretaker, mm-hmm. um, which we believe was from 1911 when the the new Terrace Inn opened. And um, a, two maids in the maids' outfits, I see them often, but okay. it's always the same one. And then there's a woman in a white dress, and it almost looks 1800-ish rather than 1910s. Um, the only place I've ever seen her was in the dining area. mm mm-hmm. And usually the one time I saw her um, was walking along the windows in the dining room on the far wall. Again, the same area that a lot of people see things, you know, yeah. the, the second floor, the third floor, that right, right side of the building. Um, my thought is she wasn't attached to the Terrace Inn as we know it. She was attached to the original building, because that's where the, the first terraces
0: sat. Mm-hmm. And do you see that a lot too? People will stay, I mean, I was staying in a, in a modern holiday in the other night, and I saw the ghost of just this, yeah. you know, this, this Victorian era, era um, uh, man or entity. It, it, so it doesn't have to actually be attached to the building proper. It can just be the locale, and mm-hmm. that might not even be the restrictive, uh, you know, um, parameters either. There's a store in town
1: that. I've experienced things there. My wife has. Everybody that has ever worked there has. And it's a newer building. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason a ghost would be occupying that building. No, But certain. if it's attached to the land. That's a different story. That's a whole different story. And I think a, a lot of places are n- not haunted, but they have visitors from previous lives or previous um Buildings that occupied that property. Different incarnations throughout time. Doesn't necessarily, I mean, you you put up a house somewhere that used to be, I mean, look at Key Gomic, what it used to be, where D&W sits, you know. That parking lot was full of homes and a ballpark and a store. That was a whole community there. Yeah, a whole community. So if you start putting up modern homes over this older property, who knows what happened there? You know. Um I don't know of any experiences out there, but just an example of of um, you know, building over top of what used to be totally a whole community.
0: That reminds me of uh um and we'll jump forward and we'll probably re- readdress this this community at some point too. But we mentioned a little a little bit earlier, um Harbor Springs tends to have a little bit darker energy over there. Mm. Um the church we're also familiar with, that dates back, that's the third third actual church to sit on that property. Um, At one point when they were renovating that area, they tried to divert the new road where the cemetery was, which was right where the church is. And they wound up exhuming hundreds and hundreds of graves. And this is quite morbid, but those graves uh, and the, the dirt and, of course, bones and things were... Were crushed from what i understand and put into the foundations of some of the buildings around there oh, really? that sounds like a pretty bad recipe for <laughs> yeah, me yeah, if you're trying to avoid any future uh, energy in these mm-hmm. areas um what do you think about objects john and i i mentioned that because um the terracin i think the last time we were talking uh, about the terrace in the piano the piano is so um well documented to to play on its own you know when i'm doing Mm -hmm. a ghost tour there and it starts up on its own that's that's kind of a nice bonus for me and my group but I, i still wonder at the end of the evening you know what the what the hell just happened here yeah um that piano used to be in the home of the original terrace inn owners so that piano left their home was in a couple different locales before winding back up in the terrace inn Oh, okay. and uh i i just feel that and, and the perry will tell you uh perry hotel they're out there actively searching for old artifacts and furniture and beds that re- relate to the original perry hotel going back to uh 1899 there and there's a, there's a phenomenon in that building that when they bring these objects back in sometimes the energy or the um uh, the accounts of uh, paranormal w- will pick up in in the room where this this, this new old piece of furniture sets and you think you have have you any any, um any any thoughts on uh, objects themselves holding some type of an energy i know i know books also tend to really uh show up in these these accounts a lot of times and i think that's because when you're reading a book you're taking so much out of it i think maybe maybe we're putting a little bit of ourselves back into it but yeah
1: yeah that's very possible um i think objects very much hold energy Mm -hmm. not everything um you know if that was the case every antique store in <laughs> in the country would would be the place to investigate um but i've come across objects uh, not very often can i put my hand on an object and and feel its energy but there's been a few times one was in an antique store mm-hmm. um where uh, i was able to tell the whole story of of the woman that owned that and it was great cuz about 2 weeks later the the guy called me up this was down in um Gibraltar down by Detroit the guy called me up and cuz he was distraught about selling it i said don't don't sell it just let it sit here the right owner will come in and find it mm-hmm. you know it, it's going to sell itself well he ended up selling it 2 weeks later and this couple just walked in and they were just drawn to it He then found out some information about it and was able to cooperate the story that I had given him of the woman that did own it. So that was kind of a a really neat experience that I had with uh, obviously more detail than that. But it it was one of the the neatest experiences I had with with an object. But one of the things we do when, when we investigate someone's home, especially if they have a newer haunting, or activity, one of the things that we ask them is, have you purchased anything recently Recently, and brought it into the house, especially antiques? And we'll find a lot of times they have. Um, one person, it was a, a car. And uh, there was you know uh, antiques especially objects bigger objects and and depending on who owned it you know they they could have a special attachment to it
0: i I've heard that with automobiles before too, and uh, um jumping back to the terrace in real quick too um uh, when the uh the owners that i known three three previous owners ago they' were they were renovating the hotel, they were bringing all kinds of these objects back in there trying to trying to find things there. Um, another thing that was happening, uh, during that, that year when they were renovating the hotel was, uh, they'd wake up, they were sleeping on the third floor and the basement, I'm sorry, the sec- the first floor, the, the basement, kind of like a walkout basement there, the terraced, uh, terraced in, which is you know, how it was uh, named because that whole area was, was terraced like, uh, like Martha's Vineyard. That's how it was originally laid out, Bayview. But they were, they were experiencing, uh, in the rooms that they had started putting some of these vintage pieces of furniture back in, uh, they'd wake up in the middle of the night and the, and the water would be running upstairs in these, in these rooms, and I remember uh, the wife going up there, and she, she said she, she physically couldn't t- t- turn the, the, the faucet off. She had to have her husband come up. Mm-hmm. And it had been turned on with such force um, that, that she, she literally could not turn the water off. So I'm not, We're not talking about a leaky gasket here or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and again, the you know the the, the old maids uniforms in there. Uh, it's just when you're walking around, that gets just a little a little creepy sometimes. When you when you see those <laughs> those those maids, especially you're not experiencing it, expecting it. You turn around, you this woman staring at you, you know, in a full bust there. Right? so and think that it's just a a mannequin. But uh,
1: yeah, when I was at the the inn, one of the first times again, I'm standing there waiting to talk to um, to Patty or Mo, one of the two, and. I felt something move behind me. So as I look, I see this maid walking behind me. And you know that if you're standing at the the main desk there in the inn, the back door is actually behind you. That's the one that you, yeah. you come into. Um, she kept coming by there like she was going from the kitchen to the outside. And when I had talked to them about it, they said, well, at one time, that's where the maids would enter.
0: That would have been there. There
1: was a stairway. There, there was,
0: yes, yeah, which is still there. Still there. It goes yeah. to the original home down yeah. front of the owners. And
1: um, the maids' quarters down. Maids' down quarters there as well. There's that's a right. bunch of little tiny rooms down there. And um, so that makes a lot of sense of why, you know, that maid would be coming back and forth there. You know. And
0: so often I've had people experience seeing her bent over the laundry basket down there and in mm-hmm. the in the basement section, Just working like usual, yeah um we'll touch on something real quick here too uh with the objects and i this is kind of an opposite uh mm-hmm. phenomena. There's a house in Bayview that had several renovations done over the years, and there was a fire, and it really uh perplexed the the the, the fire inspector the next day as he was going through trying to figure out the cause of the fire the fire. Line of fire would do 45 degree angles. It would do 180s. Um, basically, when they were evaluating the, the the fire the next day, the older section of the house was almost completely untouched, and mm-hmm. the newer section, including two televisions, were actually melted. But on either side of the televisions were old wicker tables that were in the building originally. So it's like the fire followed the new line. It was almost like, you know, this is supposed to be a historic old house. Yeah. And really the only thing that the, the homeowners could say after the fact was this, this is some type of a, a paranormal experience, you know, <laughs> something we just don't understand. Nor could the, nor could the fire department um, find rhyme or reason why that line of fire just tended to stick to the newer section and the newer objects specifically in, in the dwelling.
1: Yeah, that's interesting, especially wicker.
0: John as we've talked about um, you, know, you know prior the is a nice place to to to, uh, to visit because most of the things that happen there are are, are mischievous at worst, you know and there 's even some positive things like i 've mentioned tonight where there's there's um, there's accounts where it seems like this caretaker, this this timeless caretaker, is trying to actually protect the building. Mm-hmm. Um, I think between the two of us, we, we we've had you know, hundreds of experiences, minor and major, in the building, and and then also all of our of our guests that on, on our tours and conferences. But. Um, as we mentioned earlier too sometimes you 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 can be somewhat somewhat overcome with with emotion sometimes in, in some of these experiences and it doesn't have to be a grand experience like you like you mentioned it's not some big black curtain coming down or this veiled you know cloaked uh physical entity coming at you or anything but but you but you pick up on things and um, you you told me a little bit about a uh, an experience where you could experience the, where you where you felt that little boy that you've seen several times in the building and but one time in particular just it just It got you a little bit more choked up, right?
1: Yeah. um, It's called empathic. A lot of people are and don't realize it. Sure. Um, But I pick up on people's emotions, you know, if they're angry. Go to Walmart, and there's times that I actually have to leave Mm -hmm. because the energy is so bad there. When people go to a store and, and you spend time there, and then you leave and you just feel angry, You probably have picked up on everybody else's emotions that that you've passed. And um, it can be difficult at times, especially like uh, funerals, you know, because there's so much emotion and and things like that. But there was a time that uh, a friend of ours, uh, Tim Miley from Wisconsin, brought his paranormal group over. They were going to stay for a long weekend at the Terrace and – It was during shutdown, so, you know, we arranged that. And um, we were investigating one night. We were in the lobby. Again, that's where I've seen the young boy a lot. And as I'm sitting there, it's dark as can be. We're just sitting there trying to, you know, pick up EVP or anything. Um, I felt this overwhelming sadness. And I felt like I was picking it up from him because I had just seen him on the stairway and I'm ten feet from the stairs and I'm feeling this overwhelming sadness and I mention and and, and Tim never claims to be empathic um, but i I say out loud to the eight of us in the room I said, I don't know what it is but this is very unusual. I feel like I want to cry. Like I, uh, you know, his emotions are making me want to cry. And Tim in a choked up voice says, you want to cry? I'm over here bawling. <laughs> or you affect him. <laughs> you know? So he's feeling the same emotions that, that we are. And, and, um,
0: so we've got a group of grown men sitting in the middle of the terrace and crying. Yeah. <laughs> and Tim's bigger than me. <laughs>
1: and I'm a big boy. So, um, yeah. So that, that that was that was a pretty interesting experience there, but yeah, like you said, it's a great place to stay. It it has that old hotel feel to yeah. it. Yeah, when you walk in, it's nineteen eleven. It is. You know, the nineteen eleven restaurant was named because the place opened in in nineteen eleven. Um the the original burned down, and. Um, it sat in where the parking lot is was pretty much the main foundation of it and a lot of the the beds are older so you know you 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 feel that you don't necessarily have a, a modern uh, room like you would at a luxury hotel the hallways might be a little crooked but it's so much character. You can feel when you look down the hallway and you see the dips in the floor, that's character. I mean, that just makes the place.
0: <laughs> that's why I tell people you don't have to believe in paranormal energy or ghost to no. feel, feel history and really yeah. see it. Yeah.
1: yeah, you just feel it when, when you walk in and when you stay there. And if you wake up in the middle of the night and someone's standing at the edge of your bed, just say the hi to <laughs> It's yeah.
0: part of the experience. I,
1: I've never known any dark energies there i'm not going to say demonic because there, there's certainly no demonic energies but even um even dark energy mm-hmm. you know it, it 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 always seems to be positive a little stay, mischievous like you said
0: i stay there all the time that's where yeah. i chose to to spend my my honeymoon night yeah. and my first anniversary and i just i feel i feel the history i'm sort of comforted by all mm-hmm. that um residual energy in my opinion
1: you get a room on level two if you want your feet tickled at night you know and, <laughs> It's part of the experience. Read the book. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I personally would stay there for the weekend and then read the book on Sunday. Okay. You know all the notes and stuff like that. Because then if anything happens, you can compare it to what others. And
0: you're not they. setting yourself up for you know, preconceived ideas. Yeah. So it's something that's yeah. that's you know.
1: And 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 share the stories too because Mo and Patty love sharing the experiences. You know, it's it's
0: part of the part of the end. It's it's part of the history of the, of the inn. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much, John, advice. for joining us again. Uh, we're going to be um, continuing, uh, as, we, as we continue this podcast over the following weeks, we're going to uh, still address a couple buildings in, in Bayview. Um, one of the original five hotels there, which is now uh, Chris Hall, um, quite an active building in itself, right? Here we go, another old hotel that's now used to yeah. as a summer, summer dormitory for the children. <laughs> and uh, what, what a great place to put the, put the, put the kids uh, this summer in the old haunted hotel in Bayview. <laughs> Um, but again thank you very much for joining this episode of Ghosts of Northern Michigan's Past and we enjoy having you and hope you'll join us again and and, uh, for you the listener please join us uh, for future episodes
1: thanks for having me Chris thank you